1: Hello and welcome to the Two Robbies podcast, your destination for in-depth discussion and analysis of the Premier League. I'm Robbie Musto. He's normally Robbie Earl, but not today. We have US Soccer Hall of Famer, Tim Howard, uh, to help us on the show today. Thanks for coming in, Tim. Um, but here are today's topics. Disappointment surrounds Liverpool and Manchester United as the two rivals play out a nil-nil stalemate. At Anfield, Man City drop even more points in the league as they led a two goal lead slip at home in a 2 2 draw with Crystal Palace. Arsenal returned top of the table after a 2 0 win at home to Brighton. Tottenham secured their second win on the bounce after a 2 0 Friday night victory at Nottingham Forest. That's what we have coming up in today's episode. Okay, Tim, thanks for stepping in for uh,
2: for Mr. Earl. And always great to have you uh, in on the podcast. Yeah, good, good to be here. I'm I... Always enjoy my time. Thanks for the introduction. It has a nice ring to it.
1: (laughs) Yeah, there you go. That must sound good. Um, So the big game this weekend, Tim, of course, was uh, one of your former clubs, Manchester United, traveling to Anfield. Mm -hmm. Finished nil-nil. A lot of expectation, a lot of talk from people like us that it was going to be a a very difficult, maybe embarrassing day for Manchester United. Um, But it wasn't, Tim. Um, Finished nil-nil. What was the biggest
2: reason mm. it finished nil-nil, do you think? Well, this one surprised me, Mastik, because normally certain moments you can think big games cancel, t- teams will cancel mm. each other out. I didn't see that happening today. I really didn't. I, I thought 100% sure United were going to lose because there were injuries and suspensions and they weren't playing well and, mm. and there were no partnerships. And um, and obviously Liverpool were going really well at the top of the table. So I thought today's a day where they're definitely uh, going to turn United over. And, and look... Ultimately, and we talked about this on the show, United played really, really, really well for what they were. For
1: what they were. They, they were yeah. a
2: shell of themselves. I think credit goes to Tin Hogg for saying, look, I'm going to start Marcus Rashford on the bench. I'm going to go with Granacho and Anthony. And by the way, I've said before, as, as the Man United manager, I don't really want my wingers coming back to help today. They need to come back. They need yeah. to the help. They need to do the defensive work. Mm. And They defended stoutly and resolutely, and they got a result. And by the way, going into the game, nil-nil result. Really good for them, and, and that's what they got.
1: Yeah, it's interesting can it, Manchester United mm-hmm. because you can look at it as if, like, well, Man United usually go there to try and win. It doesn't feel good that they've got to go there. And I, I don't think it was part of the bus type of situation, mm. but it was definitely a very compact, very defensive side of things, which I thought was pretty good. I mean, I thought special mentions got to go to Rafael Varane, Tim, I thought was in the way many, many times. Johnny Evans seemed to do a very good job mm. as well. Um, I thought Amrabat, who's had quite a bit of stick, really, for, mm. for not having that much of an impact at the football club. I thought he was in good spots many times. I thought Diogo Dallo actually, until the end, maybe we'll check about that in a second, uh, two yellow cards, but I thought he played well as well. So are we, is this is this a step in the right direction, or
2: is it, well, that's minimum, really, for Man United? Yeah. Uh, look, I think it's a step, Musty. I don't know which direction it is. I don't, I don't know if they have a direction currently. Mm-hmm. I just don't. Um, the players that you mentioned, you know, you talk about Johnny Evans and Dalo, um, Amrabat, Obviously, Varane has, in his day has been world-class. Yeah. But they were asked to battle today. They were asked yeah. to, to, to fight. And, most, more happier to do that. Yeah, and to stay compact and, and not to open themselves up. And, and they did it valiantly. Credit to them. But, like, it's not as if they didn't have many match winners on the field. They didn't have enough footballers to take the ball and be brave and drive the team forward like a Bruno. So today was today looked exactly the way it needed to look for them to get a result.
1: Yeah. I, yeah. Think, I think Manchester United fans will be, will be happy with that. Yeah. I mean, there's a few injuries. We know Bruno being out as well and, and different players that, that are missing. Um, just on that, on that, uh, <laughs> I think we both felt mm. the same thing here. Diogo Dello did a brilliant bit of defending Tim, mm-hmm. him late in the game, yep. right near the, 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 uh, the main camera. And he's fired up. He's had a really good game. They're trying to hang on for a point or even more. And he gets a bad decision. Mm-hmm. He throws his arm once towards the yep. referee, Michael Oliver, shows him the, the yellow... Well, I think he flashes his arm, he gets a yellow card, then he walks away, the other, then he flashes it again. Yeah. No, he flashes his arm because of the decision. Yep. Then he sees a yellow card and flashes his arm again yeah. and gets another yellow card yeah. for red. I mean, what, are we, have we gone from the days of the referee saying, oh, hang on a minute, mm-hmm. Yoko, mm-hmm. just calm mm-hmm. down. Mm-hmm. We're nearly at the end of the game. Is there any tolerance now for, for a common-sense
2: approach? I think the problem, and, and, and uh, the referee was who? Michael Oliver, Oliver, yeah. He's, Oliver. he's one of the – he refed me in the Premier League. Yeah. He's, he's probably he's the good. best. Yeah. I, I like him. And, and the common sense approach, you know, I think in those moments, the emotion gets the better of, of all human beings. And I think the referee, it's at the end of the game, doesn't really matter, right? It'll matter moving forward. He's got suspension. Yeah. But, like, but, like, I, I just want to see referees, because I've been stupid at times on the pitch. I just want referees to say, he's been petulant, he's thrown his arms up, book him. He does the same exact thing again. You know what? Say, oi, come here. Yeah, exactly. Come here. Yeah. I've had enough. I'm not going uh, to send you off, but mm. if I can't see any more. It takes two seconds. It takes two seconds to do that. Like, mm. yeah, I know they're trying to stamp, stamp down on, on, on yeah, all of this stuff, and maybe that's where it came from, but there is a common-sense approach that you'd like to see.
1: Yeah. Swinging it back to Liverpool, Tim, um, and I don't know whether we differ on this or not. Mm. Uh, I, I was, I just, and, and I obviously differ from what Jurgen Klopp said afterwards mm. because he said it was a really good performance on another day one of those chances goes in sure. it's a comfortable thorough victory yeah. given where they are in their development and and what the situation man united and the players out etc etc i was disappointed i've got to be honest with you and, and um I, I expected a lot more of their football with the creativity with Luis diaz and mo salah first half i thought they'd got a bit starved of the ball the football mm. from liverpool out through the back wasn't great um the midfield that we've talked about so much about being kind of bright and sub-sliced mm-hmm. and really, really mm-hmm. good and Gravenberg getting runs of games now and Endo that struggled last weekend yeah. but started again. Am I being a bit harsh there, Tim? Like, or, or should we have expected more from Liverpool that can go top of the table?
2: Yeah, so uh, rather than getting into sp- specifics, I think on the day they got bogged down where Liverpool like to be on the front foot, press, counter-press, counter-attack, right? And then, and then, and then they go... Into your end and they counter press you again. So they're they're yeah. all about that. But United said we're not doing that. We're not we're not gonna we're not going we're gonna counter attack and then we're gonna get back into shape. Mm. And they were tough to break down. And I think they were wasteful with the ball. I mean, we saw Trent Alexander Arnold, who's, who's brilliant yeah. and his passes are inch perfect. Yeah. we saw a lot of those balls today go go astray from him, which is unusual. But I think with with Liverpool and it speaks to the bigger season that they're having. They're at the top of the table as of like this past week. And none of us said, oh, what? we were actually surprised that they're there because I, we none of us think that they've hit their stride yeah, they yet. They haven't yeah. been perfect yet. Yeah. And somehow they found a way through some good performances to get to the top of the table. But they haven't really hit their gear where you think every single game is going to be like this.
1: Mm. No, I agree. I agree. And I, and I think, you know, we'll get to the other teams and, and title chases. Um I've just – that's two games now I've had a really close look because mm-hmm. sometimes – when we do our shows, yeah. games going on at the same time. you can look you focus on one, you kind of got the other one out of the corner of your eye, but the last two weekends i've had a really good look at Liverpool, and I know they won last weekend, but ah, mm-hmm. I thought they were playing a bit better than this and the, and the football's a little bit free flowing yeah. um, defensively they 're better, Tim you yeah. know, from last year they had a bad run of conceding and and the right back position was an issue.
2: that seems to be for the most part a lot better, which is good news yeah, yeah. definitely it's, fifteen goals conceded, I believe I mean yeah. tied for, for best in the in, in the league. That's a starting point. For, you know, if you can get, if you can not concede goals and be really good at your pressing and getting forward, and you have you have threats in, in the forward areas, I mean, that's a recipe for success. Mm. So they're they're well on their way. It's just they haven't quite brought it all together to be like the, You know, when we look at Manchester City and the best performances, they're bringing that every week, and you're shocked when they don't. Mm. Right now, we're not quite there yet with Liverpool. Yeah, yeah, okay, um, yeah. I think it
1: just, it's just so, there's some is it's a bit of a anti-climax, mate. It was on big NBC. Mm-hmm. We expected a big game with lots of goals. It's a, just a little bit of frustration of course. From, from everybody around. Okay, let's move on to another game. And uh, Yeah, Manchester City. Uh, wow. Mm. Now we're talking. So, Man City 2, um, Crystal Palace 2, uh, Michael Issa scores a penalty in stoppage time to make it 2-2. Jean-Philippe Mateta scored in the 76th minute. Um, Rico Le scores and, and Jack Greedy scores for Manchester City. Okay, so my my kind of take right now on Man City is, yeah, they're missing a couple of players. Erlen Haan, Mm -hmm. of course, is being out at the moment. Um, Kevin De Bruyne has been a long-term guy, and Jamie Doku as well. Some of the football looks really, really good, and for the most part, they've scored plenty of goals. Defensively, Tim, I'd probably rather focus the conversation. And I remember saying the last couple of years, Robbie, we've had of course, doing this, and um, I said, wow, I think City, you know, the Champions League last year... Mm -hmm. They brought in Vardial. They've got, you know, Kanji's emergence mm-hmm. and Ruben. Everybody coming fit, stones. I'm like, Walker, goalkeeper. They're such a stronger defensive team mm-hmm. over
2: the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. What's happening? What's happening defensively? Why are they conceding so many goals? Well, I, you know, I, I think that when you look at see, they've gotten a bit bored, and that's probably disrespectful because, you know, they are one of the greatest teams the Premier League has ever yeah. seen. But when we look at their drop, the amount of points that they've dropped, that's not synonymous with City. No. City get the goal, then they dominate possession, they dictate the tempo, then they get another goal, and they just put you to sleep. They, just, it, mm. they don't even allow you back in the game. And what they've done recently with all these drop points is they've allowed teams back in the game, and it's almost been like irresponsible yeah. defending from, from world-class defenders, yeah. from world-class players. My opinion is, and I said this to you on the, on the show yesterday, if we're seeing it, the best manager in the world is seeing mm. it too. His backroom staff is seeing it. They're on the plane. They're in the hotel. They're, they're in the manager's office. They're going to figure this out. This will not – this trend will not continue all season because he – as you said, he has so many world-class defenders. At a certain point, he may just say, hey, the ones who can do the business are going to stay in the team. Forget yeah. this chopping and changing mm-hmm. because Pep has always shown a desire and patterns of he's going to get it right. There's not many things that are broken, but when they're broken, he fixes them. And so I think this is that, – that's going to be the case defensively. But you're right. It's been so irresponsible, the defending
1: I mean, I, I kind of called it unprofessional. Yeah, yeah. You know, the even the Phil Foden kind of challenge on Mateta for the penalty mm, was a lash yeah, out trying yeah, to clear the ball. Yeah. They felt a little nervy. Was it? I think you said, didn't you, in the studio, mm-hmm. like at two one, like, well, this isn't this yeah, done. No. You know, against Crystal Palace, so well, normally, you <laughs> know, they'd go on and take control of the game. I mean, it, it's it's crazy to me, and, and there was something a little different in the in the setup with Rico Lewis starting in midfield alongside mm-hmm. Roger. but no. Nothing in that lineup would, would make you think that they couldn't brush aside, really, some ways Palace team that have been mm-hmm. depleted and, you know, and Roy Hodgson's been saying some strange things about his time there, probably coming to an end. Um, just the thought on Crystal Palace, Tim, and uh, and Roy Hodgson, and it's obviously a good result for them. Um, it, 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 my, my kind of thought on Palace right now is and I understand the pressure from the fans that might be saying, well, you know, mm-hmm. we've been in the Premier League for a while now, but we're seeing the likes of Brentford, Fulham, of course, Brighton mm-hmm. and others kind mm-hmm. of, you know, Bournemouth are ahead of them now as well on the table that, that are progressing more than Palace. Do you, do you think that Roy Hodgson's kind of getting a bit of a stick because other managers done good jobs sure. at other clubs? Sure. Not that he's changed at all, but is it no. fair or, or should Palace,
2: should they expect more of the fans, I guess? Well, I think it's fair. I do. I think Roy Hodgson has been a fantastic manager for, for many years. He has a certain style, um, somewhat old-school style because of the way that the game has evolved. Yeah, it's changed. Yeah. And so, yeah, you do see clubs who are less established shooting up the table. But again, when you talk about their recruitment and you talk about the managers they they bring in, they, there is a new style of football that's being played. It's, it's it's the way that the new managers are coaching. They tried, you know, with, with Patrick Vieira, they brought him in to, to bring a different way. Yeah didn't necessarily work out towards the end, brought brought Roy Hodgson back. If they want to crack on and get up the table consistently, they're going to have to bring in an innovative young manager who, who plays in the vein of your Eddie Howes and De Zerbys and Poster Coglu yeah. and Una Emery. These are mm. this is a style thing. When I look at Palace, they're fifteenth. I always see Palace as a twelve to fourteen 15th place type of club. That's where they're going to finish. If they have a really cracking year, they might be in the top of the table somewhere. But, like, ultimately, that's where they, that's where they belong. That's who they are until that changes. Yeah. I think
1: the thing to add as well on this result yeah. is the players they've got out, Tim. And, you know, that's why so many people fancied Man City. I mean, Sam Johnson, the goalkeeper, was out. Otton Edouard, the top goal scorer. The striker yeah. is out. Jefferson Lerman, midfield player. Henderson was actually fit and actually did start the game, Dean Henderson, goalkeeper. I want to just get a quick uh, shout on you in a, in a minute on him as Eze came off the bench, and Decore's out with a, a snapped Achilles tendon. Mm. So they've got injury issues. Just on the goal, goalkeeper situation, you know, it's always good to, to get a take on that, Tim, a little bit when we, when we have this. Sam Johnson's, Sam Johnson's injured, mm-hmm. and Dean Henderson's been a bit of a story. Yeah, yeah. Man United, he expected to take over from De Gea. Sure. Um, maybe is he a little bit outspoken, Tim? Mm-hmm. He's, been, he's, he's chopped around a little bit. I think you quite like him, that not as a goalkeeper? Yeah, I don't
2: think he's a little bit outspoken. I think he's a lot outspoken, yeah. and he really likes himself. Um, he's a big character, big goalkeeper. Yeah, I like him. I, I, it didn't quite happen for him at Manchester United, and that's okay, and he thought he would get a shot. And Look, he thought he was better than clearly the scouts thought he, he, he would be. It's no problem. He went on loan a couple of times, done really well on loan, and this is mm. an opportunity to take the number one shirt, make it his, and really establish himself at a good Premier League football club. And if he does that, yeah, I do think Dean Henderson is a good goalkeeper.
1: Do you want to follow up a little bit there, right? Just just a little goalkeeper angle here. We, 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 we've moved on from Man United, but Andre Anana said some things about <laughs> I'm going to be – I'm going to be yeah, – don't worry about me. I'm going to be okay at this club. I've been world class in, in my last <laughs> – yeah, club. Yeah. in general, give us a little – I know you're very different, like, mm. but, but on that range of being humble to being mm. confident – I want what your thoughts on what, the be- what you think the best take is. But mm. ultimately, people are different, Tim. But, yeah. but does it favor a mental kind of personality to be successful? Or,
2: or is yeah. it okay to be brash or super humble? Uh, I, think, I think it's whatever works, Musty. Um, when you look at goalkeepers, particularly top-level goalkeepers, with Onana, he had to come out and like say everything was going to be okay. So that was kind of a red flag for me. Like If you're having to defend yourself... He says it in a flippant way, like yeah, right. Not about me. In a very flippant way. Right. And even today, we saw a couple of, did. you know, a couple of Croye turns that went. When, when Ray, dropped a few balls. And look, mm. that has obviously crept into his game. I don't, I don't disagree that. In in, in the past, he's been world class at other clubs he's been at, but right now he's not. Um, it's good. Every now and again, you have to fight your corner, and, and if you feel like your name is being talked about wrongly. Do you come out and, and back yourself? Does, yeah, of he course. He uh, does, you yeah. should. There's no problem. Yeah. Yeah. And I think goalkeepers do that in a certain way. The problem is is that those those quotes will be kept and put on a hanger <laughs> and because they're going to come out again if, if, if things don't go great. So, um, look, as I think as a goalkeeper, you have to be singularly focused. You have to be tough-minded, um, real thick skin. And he clearly has that because yeah, even today yes. we saw some smiles and he yeah. doesn't really – flinch when he drops the ball and makes mistakes so good on him now he has a manager that currently is backing him which is brilliant mm. i can assure you that doesn't last terribly long if those mistakes continue yeah. to happen yeah. yeah yeah absolutely well said dogs are an important part of our lives and keeping them protected is a top priority especially against nasty parasites that's why you got to check out NextGuard plus a foxoliner moxidectin and pyrantel chewable tablets NextGuard Plus Chews provide one-and-done monthly protection that kills fleas and ticks, prevents heartworm disease, plus it treats and controls roundworms and hookworms. That's a whole lot of protection packed into a delicious beef-flavored, soft chew designed to make monthly dosing easy and enjoyable.
0: So the next time you're at the vet, ask about NextGuard Plus Chews. They're the one-and-done monthly parasite protection you want for your dog. Use with caution in dogs with a history of seizures or neurologic disorders. Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: All right, next game. Again, we're on to the top of the, the end of the uh, Premier League table when we go to Arsenal and uh, the Emirates. Um, I really enjoyed the game. Arsenal won it 2-0. Uh, goals from Jesus in the 53rd and Kai Havertz. Mm-hmm. Kai Havertz, uh, another goal from the midfield position, the position that, that really his manager wanted him to play, the left side of that midfield three, if you like. Um, I think of, of, of what we've seen, Tim. I, I feel like Arsenal, are top of the table right now by a point, mm-hmm. um, clear of Liverpool. I think they look like yeah. the best team right now, Tim. Yeah. I thought this game against Brighton was a really good example of a team that are pretty grooved, mm-hmm. with the ball, without the ball, organised, together, compact. I think I think mm-hmm. they look
2: really good. They're currently, if you look at Arsenal, Liverpool. Aston Villa, Manchester City. Arsenal are currently the best team and the most consistent team. Um, we just talked about Liverpool. You know, Aston Villa are they as consistent as Arsenal? Yes, they are at the moment. Yeah. Are, are they Are they as talented? No. Um, and so, you know, I, Arsenal. Arsenal also have this this factor from last year, right? So, so they stumbled right at right at the right at the last time yeah. of asking, and so the, all the questions were for me and most people. Uh, are those lessons learned or is that going to happen again? Like, how strong are they mentally? And they're showing so far, so far that they've learned those lessons from last year about being resilient and seeing out seeing out results. And so I like the look of Arsenal. And up until this point, until proven otherwise, they certainly have seemed to learn those lessons.
1: Yeah, I, I, I looked at it. And what I s- try to see from champion teams, Tim, is to, to win games comfortably. Mm-hmm sometimes mm-hmm. win games easily. This probably isn't in that category. Brighton can be a very awkward mm. opponent, whether they mm. play and they can have periods where they keep the ball and they annoy you, frustrate <laughs> the home fans and stuff. And, and there was periods, I thought, second half of Brighton. But other than that, there was no drama. There was, there was a lot of composure. There was a feel-good factor moments. I thought Je- Jesus. I think, we feel, I think we feel the same yeah. way about Jesus, yeah. where we're like... We want to think he's the number nine that can deliver them a title, mm-hmm. help deliver them a title. Mm-hmm. But there's moments in the game. I think I said it to, you, to be fair, just before we scored. I'm like, is this one of those games for Jesus where we don't really see him much? Yeah. yeah. Do you, what do you think? Anything different on on okay. Jesus, Tim? And, and mm-hmm. can is there enough goals from other areas that if he doesn't get his 15 goals,
2: yeah. that they still can do it? Well, the worry for me when 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 Arteta brought Jesus into Arsenal was. Pep brought him in as a number nine. It didn't work out for him yeah. at City. So he moved him to the wing. He was really good on the wing in terms of his pressing, his energy, his crossing. So I like that. And then Arteta brings him in as a number mm-hmm. nine. And I go, ooh, I think they've already done this experiment mm-hmm. at City. He doesn't really work there. And he worked there last year. He did. He got he got the goals. He was good, in good form and good rhythm. Then he got injured, and he hasn't hit the ground running since he came back. My worry for Ar- for Arsenal is normally the load is shared around the goal-scoring load by, by other players, by Odegaard, by Martinelli, by Saka. Some of their numbers are down, not not, not Saka's numbers, no, but like good. Yeah. some of their numbers are down. So Martin I'm saying he's got two. Uh, Havertz has now got four. Yeah. Um, odegaard has got four. Rice has chipped in with three. Yeah. You know, so so yeah, if the, if the balance is the scoring is balanced, my worry is some of the other numbers of the guys around him are down, which worries me a little bit. Like if if those guys have average years and Jesus has a subpar year, mm. I'm struggling to see a, a Premier League champion who's number nine doesn't score yeah. 10 plus goals you know and, and that worries me
1: yeah I, I, you know I think I did I think I, I went back some numbers a few years ago on that there's not many no, that no. scored a certain number but there are a few examples mm-hmm. there are a few examples but um, no I mean he stepped up with the header at the back post um, Kai Habit's is an interesting one Tim I want to get a bit more from you on him um, we know he's been put around the side a little bit mm-hmm. we know He's, he's not going to be one of those guys who's going to be on the ball all the time, bright, linking things, playing through balls mm-hmm. and looking a million dollars. But uh, but maybe his role in this team is going to be from the left side in midfield getting forward. When he scored his goal, he's kind of like almost in the in the striker position. Yeah. Maybe that's what he's going to do. Maybe he's going to hang out in and around Gabriel Jesus and between them, Tim, mm-hmm. they can get the goals from the central areas. Do you, I can't remember your take on him initially of whether mm-hmm. that was a good idea or whether you think
2: it's, it could still be a masterstroke. I, I, look, I don't think he's a world-beater by any stretch of the imagination. I think if the rhythm is right, he fits into that midfield. I think the way Mikel Arteta has managed him has been brilliant, brought mm-hmm. him out of the side yeah. a little bit, taken him out of, out of the spotlight, dipped him back in, brought him off today to a standing yeah. ovation. So yeah. he's being yeah. clever with him. Um, look, if he, can, if he can play the Arsenal way, Good football, which we know he can do. He likes to run, likes to stay away from defenders, doesn't want the contact. He can play good football. If he can do that in this team, get his goals, again, share the goal scoring like everybody else does, I think he's really on to something, and he could be a good player for this team. So initially didn't love the signing, very similar to Jesus, but I have to have have faith in Arsenal Mm -hmm. and in terms of Mikel Arteta. He very rarely gets signing's wrong. And so you think, okay, I don't see it, but I also didn't really see Jesus either, and it seemed to work initially.
1: No, that's right. It's fair play. And, it, and if it does, mm-hmm. ha- does happen and he helps him win a title, then mm-hmm. absolutely well done because, like you, I thought, wow, that's a lot of money for a guy yeah. that, that struggled. Um, last thing on Arsenal, and you've already touched it, Tim, a little bit, I don't think, and me and Earl have talked about this, we ain't gonna know about Arsenal till the end. <laughs> you know right. about learning the lessons because right. they did this before and they yes. and they scored late goals yes. and the euphoria was there and people like us started saying, "Well, this something special happening. Mm-hmm. This is going to be their year." Mm-hmm. And then what happened happened. William Saliba is brilliant. Mm-hmm. He's, he's, I mean, is there a better centre back in the in the Premier League? There, there's maybe a few that's close to him, yeah. of course, You're Van Dyke's and you, I particularly like Van der Ven at Spurs who's injured right now. But uh, you know, of course, he was missing in the run in. But in terms of, it's hard to. Recognize something in the team now that you think is going to benefit them in, in the mm. end, or can you? Can you see? I tell you, just thinking about Declan Rice. Yeah. I mean, that, yeah. there's a player right right away that has to help yeah. in that running. Well,
2: I think I, I think the spine. Saliba was a big deal for me. It was yeah. a big big deal yeah. because the drop off from Saliba to to who they went with in the end, and in terms of that back forward having continuity, it, it was. You can see. The back four essentially picks itself. Certainly, with the with the two center backs and the goalkeeper, they're solid as a rock defensively. They're going to need that as the season goes on, particularly down the stretch. And then Rice, he plugs holes, he gets forward, he gets goals. Like those are two major factors for me. That's that I think this Arsenal team is yeah. better. Yeah, yeah. Quick one on Raya. We said a lot about Raya.
1: Do you think he's going to get better, Tim? Do you, are we seeing the best David Raya, or, or is or is there more to come?
2: Um. I think he is exactly what he is. He's a, he's an aggressive goalkeeper at his near post. He's going to you know, very much like Fabian Bartez back in the Manchester United days. He's going to come for crosses and miss a few, and right. you know, not really, not really have too much care and, and go at it again. He looks a little bit low on confidence at yeah. times with with the shot stopping. Mm-hmm. He was brought into play the type of football that Mikel Arteta wants to play, that Deserby wants to play out of the back with their feet. So mm. listen, that's that's the goalkeeper that he wants. Um, and, and and quite honestly, he's had he's had eleven goals against in twelve games. I mean the numbers are actually quite good. Mm. It's just every now and again he looks a little shaky. Yeah. So okay. um, yeah. I think he's the goalkeeper that we're seeing. Yeah. Okay. I mean I just final thought I went out to
1: the team sheet today Tim I looked at the the, uh, the bench there's some pretty good num- names on the bench yeah. as well for Arsenal yeah. you know, I know they've got a, a few people out really important people out right now Thomas uh, Partey and Tommy and Pierre and of course Timber I think it's going to be really good mm. when he's fit again Because yeah, so you looked yeah. good in pre-season you know you still got Smith Rowe and Ketcher on the bench Suarez Trossard Nelson you know it's looking good for Arsenal mm.
0: Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand.
1: All right, next one on our little list here. Uh, We're into Nottingham Forest um, against Tottenham. It was Forest nil, Tottenham 2 goals from Richarlison. Kulusevsky, um we did see a red card for yeah. Pasuma later on, Tim. Where you know you just see him put his, his head in his hands, frustration of a challenge. That I mean, do, do you in your experience playing playing with mm. play, people like that, right? Yeah. And he's not a young player anymore, Eepasuma. No. Can he learn from that? And can we not see that again from? Because we've seen a few times now mm-hmm. where emotions get a little bit to him, and we all know the type. And you know, I was I was. I think I was pretty good at that. There was a lot of things I wasn't very good at, mm. but I was pretty good at, in terms of temperament, right, yeah, yeah. and, and controlling my emotions. It, I mean, it, this happened a few times now with, with some of the Spurs players. Mm. You know all about Romero, the most aggressive player in the Premier League for mm. me. Can, he, can can this stop at Tottenham now? Can mm. I just get, get to grips with this discipline thing? They don't want anything to do, derail them that's kind of should be easy, fixable.
2: Yeah. Well, I think you, you, we're not going to eradicate it, but but certain players need to get it out of their game. You know, when Ibusuma... There's 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 no place in the game to go strongly and recklessly into a challenge where the ball's on the floor. It's different if the ball's bouncing, but the ball's on the floor, and you go right under the guy's knee with your studs. It's just you know he, he on, on Yates. It's 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 uncalled for. But the discipline part of it, must be we saw it with, with Tottenham's North London rival Arsenal. They had a horrific disciplinary yeah, record did, yeah. under, under under Mikel Arteta. And I, I was one to say, look, he's a former teammate of mine, Arteta. But I said, listen, this begins and ends with the manager. You, you tell your players undoubtedly, yeah. everyone stays on the pitch. If, if not, two weeks' wages, I'm going to find you. Yeah. Whatever but You're hurting the team. So it begins and ends with the manager. And Posta Coglu, who... who well, he figured I, it out,
1: to be fair. Arsenal,
2: yeah. got bad. Oh, figured out. Fantastic. And so when I look at Posta Coglu, he... He, he doesn't—he doesn't bat an eye in, in the face of adversity, mm-hmm. and, and, and he lets his players. He gives them free will to press and to make mistakes. That's all fine and well. At a certain point, you have to just bring everything back in, settle everyone down, and say, "Listen, this is as you mentioned. This is going to hurt us in the long run. We have to get our discipline under control."
1: Mm. But it's a good win. Yeah, it's a great win. It's a great win, and uh, you know, I think our listeners and viewers know what I feel about Spurs and how fun it is to watch mm-hmm. them play, and mm-hmm. it's like nothing we've Incredible. ever seen before in Incredible. terms of what they do. Of course, with the fullbacks and being as, about as fluid as I think you can yep. be as, in a, as, a, as a football team right now. And I'm going to chuck in my, uh, you know, our little underappreciated, yeah. we, we chuck in uh, every weekend, Tim. And um, I don't know, I thought there's quite a few contenders this weekend. This one came f- uh, early, of course, on the, it was a Friday night game. Um, but Dejan Kulusevsky, mm. you know, again, he's a player that's under the radar a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, mostly plays on the right-hand side wide. Swedish midfield player, good age, good physicality, brought him in, good acquisition. Uh, with that, Madison being now injured, mm-hmm. he's, he's come inside and played really nicely as a number yeah. 10. and he's, He can do a little bit of either now, sometimes wide, sometimes a number 10 in the central position. Brilliant, brilliant ball in where he yeah. spins in with that left foot for the Charlton's first header, he scores a second goal as well. And I just think he's one of them that we all give a lot of credit to a lot of these Spurs players and the Madisons and, the, and everybody else, Schumann-Win-Sign, et cetera, et cetera. But I think he's just a, a, yeah. a blimmin' good player. Works hard. He's aggressive enough. I like the way he speaks afterwards. We, we listen to an interview him afterwards, and the quality he's got in attacking areas is, is gold. And yeah. Richardson's loving that. I and mean, if he gets balls like that every week, Tim, yeah. he's going to be scoring a lot more goals. So I just want to give a, sh- a, sh- a shout out to Kuleszewski and uh, his impact to, to Tottenham.
2: Yeah. You like him? He's been he's been for me, and I think the underappreciated part comes when he first came on loan. He mm. was just lights out wasn't he? he was fantastic you think wow this guy's he's sharp he comes inside the left foot came, came a little bit off the boil mm. last year yeah, I think he did. and that's yeah, why he did. When, you, when you start to see the best of them you think wow that's, that's it's it. a special mm. special left-footed player you got mm. a lot of talent a lot to give
1: mm. absolutely just a quick line on Nottingham Forest I know there's, there's uh, Steve Cooper is under pressure and stuff and, and where are they right now Tim we look at our table and, mm. yeah fourth bottom yep. fourth bottom yep. now so just one spot from from Luton Town, they have got a five-point gap. Luton will, will probably—we don't know for sure yet—we'll get into that game a little later. Uh, have a game to mm-hmm. play possibly. Mm-hmm. Um, Steve Cooper, do you think? I, I think I think that you would keep him on. Yeah, but probably more pertinent is the is the owner at that club, mm-hmm. who seems erratic. <laughs> Hasn't done anything too erratic in right. terms of managers, but right. is he gonna gonna do anything? Crazy the
2: next well, couple well, of weeks. Well, my line on Forrest is this: It seems like every every time they get a good result, he's not under pressure, and every time they get a bad yeah, result, he is. Lie. It's just not a it's not a great great place to be. Mm. What I would say is, look, in any ownership group, when you spend the money, and they have spent the money, whether it's wisely or not, is is, is not in question. You can, you have the right to say my team should be in the top five or top ten or whatever his expectations are, right? Because mm. you're the owner. Um, from my end, Steve Cooper, uh, he's done a very good job with what he's had. Um, he's, he's, been asked to, he's been asked to manage 30-some-odd new players, um, tried to gel those team that team together. The fact of the matter is when you look at why you'd sack a manager, fans aren't behind you. Well, guess what? The yeah, fans are, are are strongly behind you. Yeah. You've lost a dress room. Guess what? He hasn't lost a dress room. And secondly, or thirdly, excuse me, he's a really good manager. He really is. And so keep him on. Keep it steady. Allow yourself to, to continue to stay in the Premier League and, and, and climb the table incrementally. It doesn't happen overnight. And even though the, the owner wants it, it doesn't.
1: Absolutely right, totally agree with that. Um now that's that's kind of the biggest clubs, Tim, that we've just addressed mm. right there. Now we're gonna go and mention these other clubs and the other games that went on. And I've gotta start I have got to start at Bournemouth mm-hmm. with what we saw uh on the field there. The game was abandoned Around the hour mark, it was 1-1 at the time. Bournemouth Mm -hmm. won Luton Town 1. Of course, the the, the game was dominated by the very, very shocking kind of incident that happened there. Tom Lockyer collapsed on the pitch in the 59th minute, suffered a cardiac arrest, uh, according to a club statement, um, but was responsive by the time he was stretched off the field. And I think he's undergoing scans and tests. Mm -hmm. And I think the club, Luton Town, will keep everybody informed of his his progress. Now, of course, um, we're not. Qualified to speculate yep. how these are linked from... Of course, he did collapse um, with a heart issue in the playoff final mm-hmm. and had surgery on his yeah. heart and was given the all-clear to play against him. First off, like, we're in, we're in the studio and, and then, you know, you see some, we can see something's happening. Mm. It's horrible, isn't it? I mean, how horrible is it to, to... And then, like, we couldn't see from the shot who was mm-hmm. down. We knew mm-hmm. something very serious has happened. I immediately think, oh, no, is it Lockyer? You know, is it centre-back that went down before... Mm-hmm um thank goodness he's okay at the moment mm-hmm. um but wow what a what a difficult hour or so that was for us wasn't it
2: well i think it puts it puts football in perspective because there are very few things uh, ever on a football pitch that send chills down my spine and that did you know you're you're, you're in the mm. studio and you're looking at it and you're thinking oh gosh you know they've cut away you don't see it yep. you think it's lockier and if it is it's happened you know something similar has happened before that he's ended up down on the pitch with with no contact and you mm. think this is beyond serious and so your mind then starts to go away from football and to, and to him and his health and, his, and and his family and so difficult difficult moments and, and, and scary moments in in the world of football and, and thankfully uh, he got he got the medical treatment he needed straight away got to the hospital. Mm. Seems to be in stable condition, and you just hope for the best um, for him right now. Forget football; hope the best for he and his family, and that's all that should concern sure. anybody in the football. Absolutely world. right. I
1: mean, uh, the club s- stated that he remains in hospital before the next steps to his recovery are determined. So, mm-hmm. you know, we're we're not sure where to go, where it goes from here, um, or even where the game happens. Actually, I know there's different rules about how mm-hmm. long a game is played before it's a legal scoreline. I think they're trying to figure that out with the Premier League right now. It was abandoned, the players. And the staff at Luton Town felt they couldn't continue sure. given what happened to their captain. Um, and we'll, yeah, we'll report when we can. Um, yeah, hopefully he's OK yeah. and uh, we go that forward. But, that, yeah, very difficult moment for everybody concerned. Um, but let's, of course, hope that uh, he's going to make a full and um, and, and, and best recovery. Yeah. Um, other games, Tim, that we can touch on just from the other ones from the weekend. We did see your former club um, win again at Burnley. Big story with Sean Dyche going back there, uh, Tim. Back to Burnley, did a great job there for almost 10 years. He's really doing a great job at Everton mm. right now. Onana scored on the 19th minute. Um, Keane on, on 26th and 25th. Michael Keane scored on the 25th minute. Um, are you surprised at how well it's going this year, given those 10 points and given mm. you know, the start of the season, they had a bad start and there wasn't yeah. a lot done in the market? Yeah. I thought he picked up some really good players, particularly um,
2: Jack Harris on, on the right-hand yeah. side. Surprised you how well he's doing at the club? Big surprise. Um not because not because I, I don't believe in him as a manager. I actually think he's a great fit for Everton yeah, Football really Club. Is, really um is, yeah. we were we were at Goodison the last last day of, of last season, um, with the threat of relegation. And I saw that team and I thought if they don't get much better, they'll be in the same yeah. spot next year. And and the reason I give so much credit to Sean Sean Dyche is because he's brought in a Jack Harrison. Yep. He's taken Decore and he's basically said, look, you are either a double pivot or a holding number six. I'm going to put you in the hole above the midfield underneath Dominic Calvert-Lewin. Yeah, go and, 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 and he's re- score. Go he's re- and score some goals. He's here. repaid ready. him with a club-high six goals. Yeah. And so when, when you look at, that's a managerial decision. He's empowering these players to be better defensively. They've gotten better. Branthwaite's been a big story, been to fact, But again, don't forget, Branthwaite's been at the club, yeah. right? So like, for him to have the vision and say, no, this is the centre half Now, Now I he's need. ready. Yeah, he's ready. So he's made some big decisions that have gone and, and, and you know four wins and, and four clean sheets is is in the Premier League <laughs> one heck of a feat. Oh, he's got so. the points back. He's got the yeah, points, points back. back, which which you kind of always knew with the, with the way that they were going. Musty, they took the ten point deduction. They got dropped into the bottom three. And when you looked at it, you thought. Everton's a better team than, than the yeah. teams that are in the bottom three yeah. or four. So and if they not, they're can, not detached. They're no, not detached. and it was so early on in the season that mm. you think, they've got a long way to go till May. So um, they're flying. It's remarkable. They're, yeah. What are they on now? They're on 16 points. That's, not, that's, that's nine. No, it's not. It's seven points clear mm-hmm.
1: of those bottom three right now. Yeah. And, and that, I mean, wow. So tremendous. Really, really good story. And, um, you know, Burnley, a quick line on Burnley, Tim. And uh, we spoke to Vincent Cumberley, sure. by the way. And sure. uh, I think he speaks really well and he's, he thinks his team is improving. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was interesting of the... We didn't get to talk too much about it, really, Tim, but it, I, I was fascinated because I did ask him about his philosophy, mm-hmm. and maybe it wasn't a great question from his point of view because people question the way he does things sure. now that in the Premier League and struggling, and he said that he, he, he doesn't like the word philosophy or style. Mm. And what I, the best thing I took away from that phone call was when he said, I coach what I know, mm-hmm. and what he knows is... Man City, yeah. really, and yeah. Pep's style and that yeah. playing out. And that worked great in the championship, and it's difficult right now. Do you see him changing, I try not to say philosophy, his approach um, with the team, or is he going to stick with it? And is he think he's got plenty of times to go, uh, or games to go in this season, that he can get enough points to stay in the division?
2: Um, yeah, I, I agree with, with... What I don't agree with is, is you know, every manager... Has a philosophy, said, yeah, Every, so, you, so you have to accept the fact that, like, you you coach in a certain way, and that end up ends up becoming your your philosophy, uh, your way of doing things. When I think about top level football, it's about tactics, of course. It's about mindset, of course, but ultimately it's about quality, right? Keeping yep. players healthy, and then if you have enough healthy yep. players and yep. there's yep. enough quality, yep. I, I think you'd agree that this Burnley team doesn't have a ton no, of quality. That's right. Okay, no. and when you and when you're asking players. If you don't have a lot of quality, what we've seen down the years is roll your sleeves up. Everybody get tucked in off each other's shoulders. We're going to launch the ball long and we're going to march up the pitch and we're going to stay solid. If you if you don't have a ton of quality, now you're asking players to take risks in dangerous areas of the pitch and the ball turns over and you don't have enough players who can drop a shoulder and, and, and beat players one on one and create a numbers advantage. Football is all about creating a numbers advantage in every area of the pitch. Then you're going to struggle a little bit and you you can't. You can't necessarily continue to persevere and, and, and keep banging your head against the wall with a certain style if it's not working. And clearly, let's face it, whether, they, whether, the, li- yeah. whether the line is we've mm-hmm. performed well and we've been in games, that's fine, but they haven't won those games. And that's a big
1: problem. Yeah, they've got eight points. Yeah. They've got eight points. They've, got, they've conceded 36 goals. Mm-hmm. I also think, Tim, like when you attempt that style of playing mm-hmm. out and if you haven't got the quality – then you're vulnerable mm-hmm. to, to to be successful. Playing out, players have to spread out, yes. and when those and those passes go astray or get turned over, there the <laughs> are long players a long way to help defensively, and, that, and they concede a lot of goals. And I think that's what we're seeing happening right now. But again, wonderful bloke. I hope they stick with him, mm. whatever happens for mm-hmm. me, Tim. Definitely, he did such a good job Definitely. last year. And, he, and to be fair, he's had to build a new team with these loan, which is another. It's a podcast for another day, by the yeah. way. How. And that's, I will chuck it in quick because I think it's important. He said on the phone call yeah. to keep the players we had on loan last year would have cost us £70 million. Now, if I'm Middlesbrough or a lot of teams in the Championship, how did they get to have a team with £70 million worth of talent yeah. on loan to get them in the league? Yeah, yeah. Something right there. I agree that's, that. that's, a different, yeah. that's a different conversation. But they had that amount of talent to help them get up. They can't afford to keep them. Mm-hmm. But they're in the Premier League. So now they have to rebuild. So now they have to rebuild. So that, that's that been difficult. Um, anyway, rolling forward onto other games. Uh, Chelsea. Chelsea, uh, Tim, mm. two. Sheffield United, nil. Um, Cole Palmer, who, again, I'm not sure whether he's had him as our underappreciated. He looks like a quality acquisition. Mm-hmm. And I think when you make so many signings of so much young potential, mm-hmm. you hope up that some of them are going to yeah. look really, really great. Cole Palmer looks good, doesn't he? The first goal, Nicholas Jackson scored the second goal. I mean, I'm sure we're not convinced that Chelsea are, that mm-hmm. are, are, are gonna do great things on the back of fear, but I mean, that was that the min- minimum like yeah. a, a victory against Sheffield United? Yeah, get-
2: and Nicholas Jackson needed a goal as well just because yeah. he's been a little bit misfiring. Yeah, I mean, against Sheffield, United, they have a big week coming up and they, they had to get that result because, quite frankly, their results have been up and down. Chelsea, they, they've won one, lost tenth one. Right now, yeah, 10th, yeah. it's just kind of exactly where their results would say they are. The one thing I like about Cole Palmer is. You don't oftentimes see this where a young superstar starlet from a, a big club like Man City doesn't get his chance at that big club. Very rarely does another big club take a chance on him because he's a young player, right? He almost gets discarded. But, he, but Chelsea took a chance on him. And what I like about this kid is he's brash. and he's, Well, you talked about quality. Yeah. He's got quality. He's got quality. And, and you know what? I remember his first or second game, There's a penalty, and he took the ball. Oh, did, and yeah. I thought... Yeah. Who is this kid think he is to take the ball? And, it may, and maybe of that was... Rhymes, off yeah. Rhymes. Sort of like, yeah. And I thought, I thought... Or Enzo maybe it was Enzo or something. Yeah. I just thought, that's showing me something. That's yeah. really showing he's, he's sticking a flag in the ground. He's saying, this is who I am. And, and his performances and his goal scoring has really shown up. And I, I like him. Mm. Brentford 1, Aston Villa 2. A story of the season, mate. Is mm. Aston Villa third place right now in the
1: Premier League? Just one point behind leaders. Uh, Arsenal, same points as Liverpool, I believe, after 17 games. Aston Villa, I mean, oh. who doesn't love this story, mm. Tim? Were, were the, I mean, what was it? A couple of years ago, they were mm. in relegation area and, mm. and Steven Gerrard, like, like, wow. And all of a sudden, this guy comes in and transforms the team with not too much spent, really. Yeah. I mean, we've probably gone over this a few times mm. and the, the lines, the storylines are probably similar. Anything you want to add to Villa's story? I mean, they, they you know they were behind in the game. There was a little bit of drama there and red cards and, and, and Kamara got mm. sent off late, didn't he, I believe? Yeah. Um, ben Mee got sent off for a terrible challenge as well. Ollie Watkins gets involved with a fan, I think, scores and then <laughs> and points everything. him out. I mean, there was all
2: sorts of stuff right. going on. But the, 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 the bottom line is Villa won again. Correct. Correct. And they went behind in the game. Yeah. Right? And so you, you're starting to look at, like, what, what can't Villa do? Mm. I mean, they, they seem to be mm. able to do everything so well, coach. Unai Emery, I'm so glad he's doing great. He got a bad rap at, at Arsenal when he, when he was in yeah. the Premier League last time. Yeah. We know from his pedigree, he's a fantastic manager.
1: That was a difficult Arsenal squad. Yeah, difficult. And after Wenger. And following
2: Wenger. So we know he's a quality manager. His style speaks for itself, and the players have bought in. They've adapted. My only worry, they do have quality. But my only worry is, like, when I look at the quality that the other teams in the top four have, like, can they sustain it? But guess what? No. They've answered every single question so far this season. Yeah. And Kunku uh,
1: is a player that could come back. Sorry, Villa, but. Am I going, jumping ahead? Am we on Palace now? No, Villa. Oh, sorry, Villa. Ah. Villa. Villa, Villa, We've already done Chelsea. Drikey. Yes. my head's all over the place here. It's been a long weekend. Yeah. Um, no, they have answered every question. They're in a great spot right now. I, and by the way, you look at their bench. Not a bad bench. Mm-mm. Not a bad bench Fantastic. as well. So, Really good story. A couple of games left, I believe, if I've got this right. Um, mm-hmm. Games of Newcastle and West Ham. Let's start with Newcastle United, 3-0. Lewis Miley, I think the youngest goal scorer for Newcastle United on 57. Al Moran gets a goal. Dan Byrne gets a goal. A Raul Jimenez yeah. let me yeah that's that's kind of the story here the game changed on his red changed. card on 22nd 20 20 minutes, minutes. Yeah. What, what was what was your take on the Raul Jimenez red card on the field was a yellow card yeah. it's a video
2: one where it didn't look good mm. where are
1: we with that Tim? it's you, what
2: it's, yeah. it's what you're saying is is the game what VAR is doing is is actually re refereeing the game and that's a problem look Raul Jimenez there was a bouncing ball long stuff. Looks like he's going to go lob lob the pass. So Releuvin has jumps. He's a good athlete. He jumps up, um, uh, the pass ends up going on the ground. He just gets it wrong. It's clumsy, and it's literally his backside hits Longstaff in the shoulder or chin, and he goes down. Like there's there's you said it in, in studio. There's not a referee in the world on field who gives that a red card. It's just yeah. not a red card offense.
1: Yeah. You know, but it, well, when
2: video looks at it uh... again, Tim. And they see his head shoving back, I know, it I know. does kind of look
1: like he's endangering the safety. So from us, from our point of view, it's like, well, yeah, I, I suppose so. But what, you know, who's refereeing the games? Like, is it the guy on the field that's got a good sense of it? Right, or, right. Or, I mean, there's, there's more and more now, Tim. Know, there's more know, and more where every week. the referee's there, he sees a challenge, and like, oh, I think he caught him there. That wasn't a very good challenge. There's a yellow. And oh. then, then the slow motion video, with different angles. Well, actually, oh,
2: there, his well, studs are up. He's a little sure. bit high. He's like, wow, that's, that's, a, that's a video. But here's the problem. Here's the problem, Musty. Because, because of the sanctions, because of the punishment towards these referees, because of all the eyes that are getting put on the referee, wouldn't you have loved to see the referee go over to the screen and go, you know what? Yeah, I'm okay. I see what you're yeah. saying. But guess what? It oh, wasn't. No, I'd love to see, it. Love his, his, to see his, it. His backside hit him in the face. He jumped. It was clumsy. He yeah. didn't mean it. I saw the intent. Guess what? I'm sticking with the yellow card, yeah. and we're playing on. Yeah, it
1: was, a soft, it was, it was his backside that his face,
2: wasn't his <laughs> hip. Yeah. Really? You'd, you'd love to see that, but guess what? The re-referee in the game, and it's just like, yeah. it's too much.
1: Yeah, it absolutely is too much there. And, uh, but that, that really made a difference then in Newcastle. I mean, I, we'll see how they go now. A really good run in the Champions League, but of course that's come to an end now. Um, I'm sure they can focus on the, champ- yeah. and the, on the Premier League now, Tim. Yeah. I still really like what they do. Where yeah. are they? So I look at the big table right now. Newcastle United on 29 points. Uh, so we're looking at fourth place, which is Man City on 34. Mm. So there's only five points Let away right Let me tell you something. Man,
2: uh, Newcastle Newcastle, and Man City are going to, when they get all their injuries back, and they get both of those teams are going to kick on. I'm telling you. Yeah. Newcastle is well coached. They're yeah. well drilled. Brilliant fan base. They're still on the right path. When yeah. they get all their players fit, they're going to hit the ground running and they're going to climb the table. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: All right, last game of the weekend, Tim, we can quickly have a look at here. It's West Ham. West Ham United, your old gaffer, mm-hmm. uh, David Moyes. Yeah. Still doing it, mate. He's still it's doing his thing. True. And they sit in eighth place right now. Um, I think the difference is now they've got some players, some signings that are really ready to play. Yep. Last year, it was difficult trying yep. to go from a new kind of bunch of players that didn't Moyes was never really fully convinced of, I guess, mm-hmm. afterwards. Mm-hmm. Um, but they win this game 3-0. A um, couple of goals from a guy I think you want to talk about, yep. and Joe Bona scored as well. But, I mean... They're a funny team, West Ham, too, aren't they? Because one mm. week they can look poor and a bit stodgy and a bit yeah. And then another week they can look blooming tremendous with, with Pacatar who is... I mean, I, I'm a massive fan of his yeah. and I always think about him when he has a game like this for underappreciated. I'm sure I've probably had him before. <laughs> I think he's a top-four player. I think he's a Champions League footballer. Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: Um, Lucas Pacatar, he's on the Brazil team, very important part of the national team for yeah. Brazil. Um they look good today, didn't they? They did, and and
2: you have to. I spent a lot of a lot of years with David Moyes, and you just think about about his his career trajectory after he left Everton, and what an amazing job he's doing at West Ham, continually. Yeah. In, in Europe, in the Europa League, in Europa Conference League, winning that, topping their group again. He, his team travels well in Europe, and you just look at the the way. Yeah, every now and again they look a bit stodgy because the fact of the matter is they don't have a million match winners on the field. They're well-drilled. That you, as you said, Pakita's and, special. And, and his, his, his coaching style mm. is, is is I don't want to say
1: defense first, but it's very solid. Oh, yeah, it's He's, safe. Got, he's got a safe, solid foundation. Yeah. And,
2: and and, and, and I, want, I want to talk about my underappreciated player of the weekend. It's, it's Mohamed Kudos. And the reason I say it's him is because having spent so many years with David Moyes, he is a David Moyes type of player. My team needs to be safe. They need to be well-drilled. They need to be good on set pieces. They need to be hard to beat. And I need one player Mm. who I can count on to win me matches right it's always been on the end of get on the end of things make something happen by himself or within the team and and Mohamed Kudos has come in and he's been lights out for this team both in Europe and in the Premier League and and I just I love what he's doing because I can tell you now David Moyes is kicking his feet up smiling going right now that's my that's my centerpiece that that was my missing piece because I I I brought in Ward Prowse he's been fantastic You know, you know, he loves Bowen, whether in the nine or wide. Pakata, special player. player. But if, but if, if Mohamed Kudos is going to consistently get me go, because you also have to remember, David Moyes hasn't had a, a thousands of success with number nines, with bringing in a, a top top world class number nines. His best players have always been wingers or, or midfielders who run, who, who, no, who get into right. the box late, yeah, that's and that's right. what Mohamed Kudos is.
1: No, that's a good point. Really good point. Good shout. Good shout, by the way, I yeah. Mean, I think he's been, he's been cautious bringing him into the starting mm-hmm. lineup. I think we saw him and we've seen him in international games. and we're like, wow, this guy can play. Yeah, yeah. And we wait, wanted to see more of him, but I think David Moore's been very careful and, and we're, we're seeing it now and he's getting the benefits of being careful. I just think he's, a, he's powerful. Yeah, today. He looks yeah. strong. A first goal today, he comes inside and throws that left foot at it and that whips quickly along the grass into the back of net. I think it's a good shout. Yeah. I think he is one to watch for the future as well. Definitely. Uh, and that wraps us up. That wraps up our weekend again in the Premier League. It sees Arsenal at the very, very top. Sheffield United at the very bottom. We are going to be crazy now, mate. I know me and you are in that studio for the next few days. I'm back in Thursday, Friday. I think you're at the weekend, and then we're into Boxing Day, 27, 28, yeah. so on and so forth. But thanks so much, mate, for coming in. Always taking a few days off. Um, always fun to catch up and get your thoughts on yeah. all things Premier League. So thank you very, very much. And just remind everybody that the next episode is on Saturday this upcoming weekend, Saturday 23rd, and we'll be recapping game Week 18 in the Premier League which of course the big game there is Liverpool versus Arsenal and so until then thanks for watching and listening and we'll see you soon
0: when something happens to your car you might say what you really need to say is something that can actually help. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. And Just like that, State Farm is there to help you file your claim right on the State Farm mobile app. So, just remember, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. State Farm, Bloomington, Illinois. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters. Both when you're kicking a field goal,